This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called 50 Days of Faith. In these lessons, Rick looks into God's Word to discover the true meaning of faith and explore ways we can strengthen it. First, today, when you join our Partner in Hope family by signing up for automated monthly giving, we'll send you a special welcome gift as our way of saying thanks. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com while you listen to today's message. Or simply text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called, God's Way of Meeting My Needs. All along in this series, we've been talking about the importance of the promises of God. That if you're going to be a man of faith, if you're going to be a woman of faith, you have to learn and claim the promises of God. Now, one of the most famous promises in the entire Bible is the one at the top of your outline, Philippians 4.19, which says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a pretty broad statement. God says, I will meet all your needs according to my riches in Christ Jesus. Now, some of you are saying, Rick, I don't understand that verse. I have needs in my life that are not being met. I have physical needs. I have spiritual needs. I have social needs. I have financial needs. I have sexual needs. I have a lot of needs in my life that are not being met. So why doesn't this verse work for me? Why isn't this promise working in my life? Well, it's not God's fault. You need to understand that behind every promise is a premise. There is a condition. And God says, if you do this, then I will do this. And today we're going to look at those conditions. And if you follow those conditions, the premises behind the promise, you can count on the fact that God says, I will meet all your needs. Now, he doesn't say, I'll meet all your greeds. <laughs> he says, I'll meet all your needs in your life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you have a Bible, you might want to turn there. If you don't, all the verses are on your outline. God spells out first the principle, how, I mean, what God wants us to do. Then he spells out the procedure, how to do it. And then finally, he gives us the promise, again, the guarantee. Now, if you're going to take notes on any week, this is a good week to take notes. Get out a pencil. This can save you some money. It'll increase your joy. It'll increase your faith. It will change your life if you'll understand how God meets your deepest needs. Now here's the principle. First, when you have a need, plant a seed. When you have a need, plant a seed. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says this. Let's read it aloud together. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now this is the principle of sowing and reaping. When a farmer looks at a barren field, and he wants to have a crop, what does he do to get a crop? Does he pray about it? No, prayer is worthless at that point. Does he complain about it? No, complaining is worthless at that point. What he needs to do is go out and sow some seed. Until he sows some seed, nothing is going to happen on that piece of barren property. He has to start by giving. Here are two farmers and they're both in debt and they both have a sack of seed. And one farmer says, this is all I got. 
I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to spread it because it's all I've got. And once it's gone, it's gone. He's never getting out of debt. The other farmer says, here's a, a sack of seed. I'm going to go spread it out. I'm going to go. The only way I'm going to get out of debt is give what I've got away. That is the principle. What is God saying here? God is saying that his financial plan for your life starts with giving in faith. It's a test of faith. Now, that may seem illogical. You say, Rick, I don't have enough. Why would I give away what I've got? I don't have enough. Because God's ways are not your ways. And God wants to teach you faith. Look at the next verse. God says, my ways are not your ways. What's man's way when you get in a financial uh, bind? Well, Typically, number one, the first thing we do is go borrow something. Charge it. If I can't afford it, put it on a credit card. I don't have enough, so I'll just put it on credit. And so man's way is to borrow. Man's second way is work harder. Take on a second job, work overtime, get a little additional income any way that I can. Some people will beg. They'll go bum off their relatives. Some people will steal. But most people either borrow or work harder when they're in debt. God says, time out, that's not my plan. God's way is G-I-V-E, give. He says, when you have a need, sow some seed, plant some seed. That is a statement of faith. And the more seed you sow, the bigger harvest. If I want a little crop, I sow a little bit of seed. If I want a medium crop, I sow a medium amount of seed. If I want a big crop, I sow a whole lot of seed. When you have a need, plant a seed. Now, I've talked to a lot of people say, you know, Rick, when I get out of debt, then I'll start giving. God says, no, you don't understand it. Start giving and I'll help you get out of debt. It's a statement of faith. Now, you don't have to have God's help in your life. If you want to just go through life on your own, he'll let you do that. But the best time to plant seeds is when you have a need. Now, this principle of sowing and reaping applies to every area of your life, not just finance, but every single area. Whatever you give out in life, you're going to get back. If you give out criticism, what are you going to get back? Criticism, that's exactly right. If you give out kindness, people are going to be kind to you. If you give out anger, you know what you're going to get back? Anger. Whatever you give out, you get back. You give out love, you're going to get back love. Now, whatever you get back, you not only get back, but you get more of it back. You get angry at somebody, you notice they get angrier at you. That just happens that way. You be critical of somebody in a little way, they'll be really critical of you. And the truth is, whatever you give, you're going to get back. So, whatever you need, you need to give away. If you need more time, give away your time. If you need more money, you give away your money. If you need more energy, you give it away. How do you get more energy? By sitting around eating potato chips? No, by going out and exercising, by giving away energy. When you exercise, you know what? You build muscle by using a muscle. Whatever you need more of, you use it. You give it away. And God will bless it. Now, that's the principle. When I have a need, whatever I need more of, I give it away. Now, he, now here's the procedure. It's in the next verse. The procedure is give with the right attitude. Because there's a right way and there's a wrong way to plant seed. There's a right way and a wrong way to give. And it doesn't work unless you do it with the right attitude. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. You must each make up your own mind. In other words, nobody can tell you what to give. You must each make up your own mind as to how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. 
For God loves the person who gives cheerfully. Now, let's just cl clarify this right up front. God doesn't need your money. God owns all the money anyway. In fact, your money isn't really yours. It's God's. He just gave it to you. You get to use it while you're alive, and then when you're dead, he's going to give it to somebody else. So it's not, you don't really own anything. It's just kind of on loan from God while you're here on earth. So God doesn't need your money. So what does he need? He wants your heart. He wants what your money represents. You see, most of us spend all our lives thinking about money, planning about money, saving money, spending money, worrying about money, investing money, using money, and God says, it's such a major part of your life, I want to be in your life. God wants your heart, not your money. He doesn't need your money. He wants your heart, but that's what it represents. The Bible says where your treasure is, your heart is. Now, God is far more interested then in your attitude than he is in any amount. Amount doesn't make any difference to God. What do you give? Doesn't make any difference. He's interested in your attitude. He's not interested in how much you give to him. He's interested in why you give that amount. Why not more? Why not less? Why do you give what you give? He wants your heart. Now, if you want God to meet all your needs, you need to have five good attitudes in your life. And here they are. We're all in this verse. First, I am to give thoughtfully. Thoughtfully. In other words, it says, make up your own mind. Don't let anybody tell you what to give. They can't. You have to make up your own mind thoughtfully. You don't give impulsively. You think about it. You pray about it. You make a deliberate decision based on prayer and conscious thought. Now, folks, I, I have to be honest with you. I didn't learn this truth for, for many, many years as a Christian. For many years as a Christian, I thought the most spiritual kind of giving was spontaneous giving. Of course, I'd get moved emotionally, I'd get a quiver in my liver, and I'd see some need, and I'd go, oh, I'm just going to give it all, and I'd pull out my wallet, and whatever I got, to give it. And I just thought, you know, it's kind of, if it's spontaneous, then it's spiritual. God says, no, you're wrong, Rick. God says, I want you to plan your giving. I want you to think it out. I want you to give serious consideration to it. Prayerfully consider, be thoughtful, not, not impulsive. Second, he says, be enthusiastic. I am to give enthusiastically. He says, not reluctantly. In other words, not out of guilt motivation. Never give out of guilt. Never. Not grudgingly. Not grin and bear like, oh, I got to give something now, you know. He says, don't, don't give reluctantly. And then he says, number three, third attitude, I am to give voluntarily. Voluntarily. Notice it says, not in response to pressure. Now, if you've been around Saddleback for any length of time, you know we don't believe in pressured giving at Saddleback Church. Somebody said, Rick, I feel pressured just you talking about it. <laughs> well, that's your problem. I'm not pressuring you. Okay? Okay, I mean, we, you know, that's an internal problem. You maybe need to deal with that, and we do have counseling, but... <laughs> okay. I'm not putting any pressure on you. In fact, let me tell you just the opposite. If you ever feel pressured to give, don't, because you don't get any credit for it. God says, it's your attitude that counts. So if you ever feel pressure to give, the Bible says, don't do it. That means if, you, if somebody ever comes to your door and they give this sob story and they're putting you under pressure to give, you can say, now, Pastor Rick told me not to give. <laughs> because I am exactly telling you to do that. Never, never, never give under pressure. If you feel pressured, it's not going to count anyway in God's book, and what he's looking for is your heart. 
Now, notice the fourth thing he says, I'm to give not only thoughtfully, enthusiastically, voluntarily, I am to give cheerfully, cheerfully. If I want God to meet my needs, the Bible says, God loves the person who gives cheerfully. Now, you know the New Testament of the Bible was originally written in Greek, and the Greek word for cheerful there is the Greek word hilarious. I bet you can't guess what word we get from that. Hilarious. God says, I want you to have a good time when you give. It should be a gut-busting laughter time. It's not, the Bible doesn't say, give till it hurts. The Bible says, give because it feels good. And the truth is, it does. It's always more fun to give because you know it's making a difference, it's lasting. If you haven't learned that, you just haven't given enough yet. The Bible says, give because it feels good. Now, why does God love a cheerful giver? It says, God loves a cheerful giver. Why? I'll tell you why. Because he's one. God cheerfully gives to you every single second of your life. The breath you just took, God cheerfully gave it to you. You would have nothing if it weren't for God's cheerful giving. And God wants you to learn to be like him. Now listen to this, if you don't get anything else. When you are giving cheerfully, you are more like Jesus Christ than any other time. You are more like God, you are more godly when you are cheerfully giving than any other time because cheerful giving represents the essence of God. And you cannot be a Christian, a follower of Christ, without learning to give cheerfully because that is the nature of God. God loves to give. And he loves to see you give cheerfully. And he goes, that's my boy. He looks down and he says, that's my girl. She's giving cheerfully. She's becoming like me. He's becoming like me. So I'm to give cheerfully. And then number five, I am to give weekly. Now that's W-E-E-K-L-Y. <laughs> Not W-E-A-K-L-Y. Weekly. Let's read this verse together. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On every Lord's day... By the way, what is the Lord's day? Sunday. It's the first day of week. Why do we worship on Sunday? Because Jesus arose, was resurrected on Sunday. And so we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. On every Lord's day, read it with me, put aside some from what you have earned during the week and use it for the offering. Giving is an act of worship, and you're to give it on the day of worship in your place of worship. It's an act of worship. So you give it at the place of worship when you're worshiping. Worship is not just come sing some songs and hear a message. There are other parts to worship. Prayer, commitment, and giving are all acts of worship. And God says, I want you to give me the first part of your money on the first day of the week as a reminder that I'm number one in your life. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be right back to close out our time today. But first... Over the last couple of years, we've all experienced worldwide changes and events that have impacted us in profound and sometimes unimaginable ways. For many of us, those changes will impact our lives for years to come. Pastor Rick believes that now more than ever, people need God's Word and the hope that it brings. That's why he'd like to invite you to become a partner in hope. Here's Rick to tell you more. There are nearly 8 billion people on this planet, and God wants us to reach every one of them with the gospel. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely 
I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's called the Great Commission. It often seems like mission impossible, but if we'll work together to fulfill the Great Commission, God will turn it into the Great Completion. You know, the Bible says that in heaven, an enormous crowd of people from every race, every tribe, every nation, and every language will one day stand before Jesus Christ to worship him. That's in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And that's why I'm asking you, friends, to partner with Daily Hope by becoming a partner in hope. What is a partner in hope? Well, right now, we're able to take the good news of Jesus into almost every country of the world, including regions where it's difficult or dangerous to share the gospel. But thanks to your prayers and your financial support, we reach millions of people around the world every month through radio, the internet, podcasting, TV, and we're translating Daily Hope into 25 languages that enable us to reach over 80% of the world's population. That's because of your faithfulness. And yet, there are still billions of people that need to hear about the hope we find in Jesus. So please, pray about becoming a partner of Hope today. Partners in Hope provide vital monthly support that will help us reach millions more people around the world, including these regions we're going to that have no Bibles, no believers, and no bodies of Christ. If God puts it on your heart, then please join us. Become a partner of hope today. With your first monthly donation, we'll send you a special gift to welcome you to the Partner in Hope family. Now, there's nothing more important that we can do together than to make sure people all around the world hear the good news of Jesus Christ and have a chance to grow in God's Word. Join us today as a partner in hope. It's so easy to join. You simply let us know how much you'd like to give each month, and we'll set up an easy, regular donation plan for you. Just go to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. When you do, we'll send you a special bonus welcome gift and Pastor Rick's brand new Created to Dream study kit to say thanks. Again, that's PastorRick.com or just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thank you so much for your support. There's only two days left to get this great resource, so don't wait. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.